the Target Podcast. Hello and welcome to Hit the Target Podcast powered by Hollywood Bets. I'm your host Deshwan and with me in studio today are the usual suspects Nigel Naika and Mark Stradom. Gentlemen, welcome. Good morning Desh. How's it Desh? Yeah, lovely to have you in studio. Um we've got a bit of a shortened fixture schedule to unpack this weekend. Um of course there's only about a half the fixtures that we are normally used to. So um let's run through them and then we can get into the business of course I'm talking all things transfer related. Um kicking things off on Friday Friday evening is Burnley hosting Luton Town at Burnley with a shocking record at home. 10 home fixtures, 9 league defeats. Not good reading at all. Uh yeah, and and a big game against Luton so they want to turn that form around as It's quickly as possible. Direct rival, so yeah, 100% six pointer at the bottom of the league so they'll definitely want to get turn that home home uh home record into something more positive. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with Nigel. Um I just want to mention Lyle Foster shout out to Lyle Foster. I hope he can do the things for Burnley. It is a home game. Both clubs are struggling at the bottom end of the log. So, big three points for either team. Well, look, I did mention it was um 10 home fixtures and 9 defeats. However, the one game that they did win was against Sheffield and that is a direct rival. Absolutely smashed them 5-0 at home. Um do you think that it's going to be more of the same as in they could get eaten by then the 80% of the clubs and then that 20% direct rivals is where Vincent company will target huge win- wins 100% i totally agree with that and and that's where they should be be focusing more because um the style of play that that Vincent company has adopted for Burnley really worked out um well for him in the championship he he, he totally crushed the championship but unfortunately coming to the premier league everybody's trying to play the same way but um have different quality of players and unfortunately Burnley um they don't have those I, I don't want to say um bad players they have but less quality to play that style of 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 football get what i'm saying so it's it's not really working out for them but um uh i i think they they can do a job on 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 Luton hopefully if if Foster's on form Yeah, I agree with Mark. I think in terms of the level, it's just a level above the championship to come and play some expansive football in the Premier League with this type of players. Um but I've also been impressed with Luton as well. So I think they'll they'll give them a game and uh yeah, it'll be yeah. an exciting game. I think Luton's previous game uh, was a five-goal thriller. Um that was of course when they hosted Chelsea of all clubs. So, you know, not uh, an easy uh, place to go, but you know, Luton away from home, I don't think it's going to Um, they're not the same the same team as they are at home because they did give City a run um like you said with Chelsea um Arsenal struggled as well a, a, a narrow 3-2 victory there as well so so they are a team capable of doing things it's just a matter of of transferring the same way they play at home away yeah. from home all right give me your predictions i'm going with 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 Luton win draw Luton on double chance yes, eh? I'm going Burnley one now. Burnley one now. Mm, okay, we'll have to see how those uh, predictions uh, materialize. Um, next, next one we have a London derby to unpack. Chelsea are hosting Fulham now. Chelsea have a relatively good run at home um, of late. I think their previous three home league fixtures have been wins. So mm. a bit of form over there. Yeah, look to have turned the tide a little bit uh, in the league. Uh, especially at home as you say um but yeah up down just knocked out in the cup against a championship yeah. middlesbrough team um it's it's not good reading for uh, uh if you look at chelsea's squad it's 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 really poor considering you have such such big players in your mm. team 
to be to be losing against teams like Middlesbrough is not good reading. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Chelsea's inconsistency has been the biggest issue this season, especially about what what Nigel said. Um, the players that have been brought in, which they have, they, there's no excuses. They have everything to be a top team, top four team, in my opinion. So I think the the inconsistencies um they need to sort it out. Uh, sooner than later. Yeah, Mark, you mentioned recruitment, and I have to ask you: Raúl Jiménez hit or miss at Fulham? I I think now he's showing his worth recently. Yeah. Um, before obviously we know the injury that that he 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 had to go through with the head. I think that's also um sets him back a little bit in, in his game. I think he plays with with more fear than than anything. But I think now he's, he's starting to to come out and and show his true worth for Fulham, especially with the game against Arsenal too. Yeah, he he did very well. He's, yeah. he's chipping in with some goals, so I think it's it's starting to show now. Yeah, um, let's talk about the Chelsea front line. Nicholas Jackson has been leading the line for them. Nineteen games at uh, Chelsea this season in the league, seven goals, two assists, nine nine attacking returns, and nineteen appearances. That's quite good. But now Jackson is going to be with Senegal at Afcon. Who is going to be that main man? Is it going to be maybe Noni Madueka? Is it going to be Amanda Broja? Uh, yeah, maybe one of the two. Even Christian Nkunku could even fill those boots. Um, they've got players in that position who can come in. Um, just in terms of putting the ball in the back of net now is what they need. So yeah, hopefully they can come in and fill those shoes. Yeah, Chelsea do do have a lot of players they can rotate and and play through that position. Um, I feel like Mudrik can play through the center as well with his pace and 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 his his creativity. Um, Sterling has played there as well as mm. a false nine. Cole Palmer as well, false nine. I mean, Cole I Palmer think as playing well. at Man City, you yeah. kind of have to be good at every position every, on the exactly. pitch. Exactly. So I don't I don't think they they will struggle a lot. It's like I said, it's the inconsistencies that that's really killing Chelsea now at the moment. Yeah. Can you see goals in this one? Definitely, yeah. definitely, especially with um, Fulham's previous results. I think there is goals, yeah. especially with Chelsea losing to Middlesbrough mm. um, last night as well. So I think Fulham will go there with their tails up mm. and, someone, and go toe to toe. Someone looking at a two-two draw over here. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Goals and uh, yeah, Chelsea concede a lot as well. So yeah, yeah. I say two-two draw. Hundred mm. percent. I think we all on the same uh, wavelength there. Um, oof, a difficult one to unpack here. We got Newcastle are hosting. Manchester City now, Newcastle at home. I think everybody knows that it's it's no longer um, the place that it used to be. St James's Park now is one of the most revered fortresses yeah. in the league. Um, so far, just two defeats for them on home soil. But Do they go? They 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 they're facing the best team in the country. Let's be honest, and they are being being hit with a few injury injuries. Sorry, and um, as for Man City, um, De Bruyne is back. Doku's back, Haaland's back. We all know what comes from that. And De Bruyne came on as for for a cameo appearance in the previous game. It took him ten minutes to to get an assist. Yeah. So we we all know what's to come now. Yeah, it's it's like scary times for the league. It seems like this is the point of the league where they also kick into gear. Um, and getting these type type of players back um is only going to do uh wonders for them. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm backing City to go and get. Get a result against a faltering Newcastle team this so, so far this season. Let's let's also not forget that City never lost anybody to the Fcon. Yeah, they have a full strength squad. Um, injury players are back. Um, we know that Newcastle will will give up a good fight, but I think with De Bruyne, Haaland, and Doku back, it's gonna be a different ball game altogether. Mm, do you think it's City's uh, title now? I won't say City's title because Liverpool is actually playing very well now. 
um, Klopp's got them more galvanized. They look more of a of a team with with um, McAllister back and um, Sabozlai. Um, so I I think it's going to be a good running to yeah. the league. But you know, it's not the the same Man City that we are used to. Across yeah. the last five away league fixtures, Man City have kept one clean sheet, and that came against Man United in the Manchester derby. The other four fixtures are looking at clubs like Everton, Luton. Mm. Uh, I think Crystal Palace, you know, found found the back of the net mm. against Man City. Now Newcastle at home, it's you use the word galvanizing, but honestly, Newcastle at home is is that. And mm. um, you know, I don't want to say it's going to be uh, one of the more easy win for Man City, but can you see maybe Newcastle um, giving them a run for their money? Definitely, at Newcastle give any team a run for their money, especially the way they're playing now and the way Eddie Howe sets up the team. Um, it's it's all out intensity. Um, Gimara is controlling the, the sense of the field with Joe Linton. Um, um, Anthony Gordon is playing exceptional now at the moment. Um, Wilson is playing. Isaac, I think we don't need to mention his quality. He's a quality player. So I think Newcastle um, are doing good things. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think they can cause City a lot of problems. Um, Mark just mentioned so many players. So they really have a lot of quality in their squad. Um, even Trippier from right back. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely can hurt Man City. Okay, give me your prediction, Jens. I'm going narrow 2-1 City. I'm going 3-1 City. Okay, both calling a City win, yeah. All right, let's uh, move ahead to uh, what I want to say is also going to be a difficult fixture to unpack. <laughs> Everton versus Aston Villa. I mean... <laughs> Leave your heart out of it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, if my heart is out of it, nobody keeps a clean sheet, yeah. I think uh, both sides will be raring to go. I think where Villa are, credit to Unai Emery. I think every week we come on this podcast and praise Unai Emery and what he's done. Um, and equally, you can make a case for Sean Dyke as well, what he's done. You know, 10 points deduction, yet we are one point uh, above the relegation zone. So, um, no, but, but Sean Dyke, credit to him. He, he is that type of coach. When, when you're in trouble, you look for these type of coaches. There is a few running around. Sam Allardyce, uh, Roy Hodgson, who's come back to Crystal Palace. So these type of jobs are, are meant for these type of coaches. And you can see that Everton looks more of a team now. They, they, they found some wins in the past uh, uh, five games. Um, they're really putting up a fight. And also they do very well at home as well. So Aston Villa must prepare for, for a tough game, even though they are doing well. I think Everton will put up a big fight at home. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, two very good clubs. Um, Everton and John Dyke had done an excellent job to get themselves out of the relegation zone. And Villa yo, just lighting up the league with some attacking form. So I think I think it's going to be an end-to-end game. Probably both teams to score. Um, yeah, I can't call a winner here, guys. Yeah. So you're going with a high-scoring draw? Yeah. I I I also think a, a high-scoring two-two draw. I just want to ask Desham a, a question: If if Everton were to lose Onana, what's the next step from there? Honestly, um, I think that the plan is underway at uh, the Merseyside base outfit to replace him because. Um, where Everton are and where the player is, it's a bit of a mismatch. I think Onana being a Belgian starter, um, coming up with crucial goals, you've seen how strong he is, how how is um, how good his retention is, pass accuracy. I think a player like him right now precedes Everton. I think uh, a player like that is bigger than Everton. And in the past, we haven't held players back. You look at, at the likes of Ross Barkley, Romelu Lukaku, um, players have gone on maybe 
they had more successful careers than if they were stayed at Everton because right now I'm sure there would be a statue being built of Romelu Lukaku had he stayed at Everton. But he chose not to uh, come into the club, went to Man United, went overseas. I um, don't think he's had the career that he thought he would be, maybe that we thought he'd, he'd have as well, um, both club and country. Um, but, you know, I think Anana right now, the move is to Salem. We shouldn't keep him. There's no, like, of course, there will always be a place for him in the team. But I think at this uh, moment in time, we should look to move him on cash and on whatever funds we can get from him. There is also talk of the takeover. I think Triple Seven partners have not gone away from the table. They've been knocking on the door of Farad Mushiri, the current Everton owner, Iranian billionaire, for some, some months. I think it's been like 18 months, 24 months that uh, they've been trying to take over the club from Moshiri and um, apparently they haven't gone away, even with a deduction. So, you know, that, that uh, stance is yet to see uh, which way the club ownership will go. But in terms of Onana, he is a pivotal player to us. But if, if, if he were to leave now in this transfer window, do you yeah. think they survive relegation? Um, I, think, I think we do. I, I think that it's... the, the in order to get relegated, you don't have to be playing like worse. You just don't have, excuse me, don't have to be playing bad. You just don't have to be worse than the other teams around you. And I think it took me a very long time to realize that. I think one of the managers who are specialists at the bottom, um, you know, that, that dogfight, that relegation, they said it's about winning those games against your direct rivals. And I think Sean Dyke, with almost a decade at Burnley, doing just that. I mean, you look at the squad he had to work with, all of them, 35 and over, mm. literally. So he did that with a bunch of veterans and, you know, he earned them money. I think uh, Premier League status is 100 million pounds, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Think of that's almost a billion pounds that he would have, like, accumulated over his tenure. So credit to him. I think with our current squad, we've got a bunch of players that are contributing. Look at Harrison. I don't think he'd be such a hit. Dwight McNeil as well. He's actually quite a I youngster. Think, I, I think Dwight McNeil's the best player there. Yeah. Um, good shout because mm. he has shown his worth. Um, even when he first came in, um, yeah, huge impact on the team. Mikalenko is currently paying his dividends. That, I think that's the left back, right? Yeah, Mikalenko. Yeah. yeah. So when he came, there was obviously lots of, um, I think, a difficult time for him personally with uh, what is happening in Ukraine. But mm. Mikalenko is coming through, buying in into uh, the project. Calvert Lewin, I think he's always going to be. At Everton, yeah. unless unless he moves in the next like season, I think he's just gonna stay at at yeah. Everton. Nobody quite knows how good he could be. Um, but sure, Calvert Lewin. I, I think Calvert Lewin just owes it to Everton mm. to play for them and, yeah. and pay it back with all the time that they've they've waited on him with the injuries and and helping him through the situation. So I think he just owes it to Everton to to perform and and help them do the best. Yeah. Um. So I guess that kind of answers your question. You know, in yeah. terms of. Burnley, Luton, Sheffield, um, even fancy our chances against Crystal Palace, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So that's just uh, where I stand in terms of Everton. Um, I believe they've come out and confirmed that next season will be the final season at uh, Goodison Park Goodison, before yeah. Everton move into um, Bramley Dock, which is the, the going to be a state-of-the-art facility. So, um, yeah, I'm quite optimistic as to what next season holds. I don't want to sound like a broken record here. Um, but yeah, that's that's just uh, my take on Everton. Um, but yeah, enough about that. We are hosting Aston Villa this weekend. Your predictions? Spoken like a true supporter. I'm going with a 2-2 draw. Yeah, uh, I, I see goals. I'm going with a 2-2 draw as well. Okay, 100%. Uh, 
Um, our closing fixture for the weekend is Man United versus Tottenham Hotspur. Now, United, I believe, going to have Onana in the squad for this fixture. And then he's going to fly on the jet, I think, after the game, straight to uh, Ivory Coast. Uh, I think Cameroon, his, his national team, will already be there. Do you think that's going to have a part to play in this fixture? Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one like mm. that. I haven't seen the clubs and countries uh, collaborate yeah. and, and bring along a players so late into the team. I mean, you know, Cameroon have to uh, adjust to the, to the climate in the country as yeah. well. Uh, just days before a tournament so a bit of a strange one but anyway they allowed it so uh, it also goes to show how much United need him in the squad uh, that they can't just allow him to go for at least one or two three games mm. in, in the month so yeah um, uh, strange one and let's just hope he can uh, provide for his country uh, a, a good good performance on the day yeah yeah. I think if, if United were worried about goalkeeping situations I think they should be extra worried now seeing that they can keep him till the last minute <laughs> yeah. it, it looks like they you don't, don't have, expect it from a yeah, club like United it, it looks like they don't have anybody to replace him there. Yeah. so that's a, a, a huge talking point especially with the way Tottenham's playing now and, and, and the football they are playing they, they're relentless they, they, they attack even if they go a goal down you can bet on it that they're coming back they yeah. will attack Son is playing um, Richarlison looks to have found some form Kulusevsky is there. Um, Pape Sa is chopping in. He's got a goal recently. Uh, so Tottenham... Tottenham's, Pedro Porro. He's looked incredible. Yeah. Top right back. So I think I think uh, United must be careful here with Tottenham. Yeah. Um, just for more clarity on that Onana uh, situation, uh, Cameroon's first game at AFCON is on Monday, the 15th of January. Man United play Tottenham on Sunday, the 14th of January. So he's literally going to board that flight, sleep, and then... And play. Probably. And concede. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are against Guinea, but yeah, you know, this is a Premier League podcast. So again, just to go back to Man United, do they dip into the transfer markets? I think Tottenham have already got some business done with Timo Werner. I, I think United have to do something. I don't know if, they, if they're able to do it right now in this um, transfer window, but I think they, they really need to do something because Mason Mount hasn't featured all season. Um, Rasmus Hoyland, um it looks like he's really struggling. Yeah. Um, just the whole of United seems to be in a very dark place now at the moment. Eric Ten Hag, I believe, his his job is under heavy pressure now, and I think they're just waiting for for a few more bad results, and he's out the door for me. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think they need to do a lot of business, um, not just only incomings, I think outgoings as well. You need yeah. to trim that squad. Um, players like Jaden Sancho sitting there earning money for nothing, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think he's on his way to buy a, to Dortmund. Dortmund. Um, Martial yeah. as well. Th- there's a lot of players there that you need to trim that squad and, you know, start focusing on players who are going to really perform for yeah. you as a manager. Um, that's also equally important. So once they do that, we'll also allow them to buy more players. Um, so, yeah. A lot of business. Yeah. But I think that Ten Hag has found his starting eleven. You know, I have yeah. seen quite a um quite the same squad, uh the same the same lineup being um shown to the to the public. So, you know, it looks something like Rashford uh up front or Highland. Um, and then Ganacho. Anthony also has been having a fair amount of game pla- uh, game time. Um you've got Fernandez, Maino, McTominay, sometimes Ericsson is thrown in there. Do you think that's enough to compete though? No, definitely not. If you if you compare those names yeah. that you just called out to City, Liverpool, 
even Aston Villa now at the moment, they don't come close to what they're doing now at the moment. I think that uh, youngster Maino is a is a is a good talent. I yeah. think his future is quite bright, but you can't compare him to the player mm. to John McGinn, Firmino. Firmino. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they 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 have a lot of work to do. There is some quality players in there, but they they really way behind schedule. Mm. Do you think they're going to be tested against um, what I want to say is a quick counter-attacking Spurs outfit? Yeah, I think they will be. Uh, I think Spurs are relentless in the attack, and they have some really pacey wingers as well, Son and Kulusevski. Um, so yeah, um, United will be have to be on the A game. I see Spurs really going there and possibly causing them a lot of problems. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago where Spurs absolutely battered Man United. I think it was like five, six goals or something like that. Yeah. So do you think it could be more of the, that uh, in this one? I think if they don't uh, watch out, definitely yeah. mm-hmm. uh, it, it could be a case. Um, United are a good team when they when they show up, so they have to do that at yeah. Old Trafford, you know. I mm-hmm. think that's more of a reason why they managed to keep Onana so late. I, I I think if it was less of of a stronger team than Tottenham, I think he would have left. And because they don't have a, a good enough replacement, they must have come up with an agreement to to keep Onana for this game because I'm sure Ten Hag knows. The quality of Son, the way he's playing now at the moment, Richarlison as well, and I think Varane is back now. He's paired up with um, who's his pair now with with United? Evans, in- Johnny Evans. Oh, come on, man. Yeah. Evans is about sixty-two in soccer age. <laughs> yeah. uh, Varane is is not the best anymore. Um, Dello, we can make a face uh, a shout for him. He's at, improved. He's improved he's a lot. Yeah, I think after. Going out alone, AC Milan, him yeah. seeing that his place in the team is not guaranteed. I think he's come back a better player. And you know, Luke Shaw is again very, very good, you know? Yeah. So, Top class. yeah, you know, you either have to compete against Luke Shaw or move over to the other flank. But that just goes to show um, that he has been trying and forced his way back into the team. Yeah, I just think United need to feed off the energy that the crowd will give. Yeah. Defensively speaking, United have kept just a single clean sheet in the previous six appearances in the league at Old Trafford. That came against Luton. I think it was a 1-0 victory for them. And just to get 1-0 against <sighs> Luton tells you a lot as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that for me, the nail in the coffin could have been a 3-0 thrashing by Bournemouth of all clubs. You know, I think that was just... Yeah. And, and they, that just shows you the, the comparison. I was still comparing United to the top teams. Mm. Bournemouth, I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not knocking Bournemouth or anything. But Bournemouth came, they made history on at Old Trafford. So that just shows you how way back they are. Mm. Jens, give me your predictions in this one. Oh, this is a tough one. I, I'm going, I want to say 2-2, two, two, but 2-1 two, Tottenham. 2-1 two, Tottenham is my final. I'm going 2-1 Tottenham as well. Mm. Interesting. Um, well, I guess that's three of us that think 2-1 Tottenham <laughs> on the day. I, I wonder what our producer would say because I know he's backing Tenag all the way. <laughs> Okay, um, you know, before we close, I just want to ask right now, who should be the most busiest in the transfer market? Is it Arsenal? Is it Newcastle? Is it Man United? Is it Chelsea? Is it Tottenham? Which, which project right now is looking like they should invest? If you're a club owner, Liverpool currently top the log, Villa second. To, to, to be honest, if I look at that top five, I think Arsenal. They need to invest heavily? Heavily, heavily. Seeing that they came so close last season, and now it looks like they're falling off the pace. Jesus is not playing. In Ketia, I don't know what's happened. I don't. I don't know when last our, the the strikers have scored for Arsenal. 
Mm. I mean, they're they playing Say well. Say something, eh? Yeah, they're playing well. They get to Odegaard. They go wide. Saka, Martinelli, typical Arsenal. But once it gets to the front, I think they're a little bit lost now at the moment. I think they should release some players, get some money, and potentially get a, a big-name signing to come in and just finish the second half of the season. Yeah, look, I agree with Mark. I think Arsenal really need to spend on the forward line. Um, I think since Arteta has arrived, he's invested a lot in the midfield and the defence, even the keeper. I think we've bought Trossard and Jesus in our front line. Yeah. Um, and Jesus may have come for big money, but if you're going to compete for the league, you need a, a star striker, a, a, a 80 million pound striker. Yeah. Is Osman that player? I think he is. I think he will take our front line to another level. Um, so, will he come in Jan? I highly doubt it. In, in, in the Premier League, you, you don't need to be playing well to win. If you have a top striker and you score one goal mm. and have a good defence, you win the game. That's all you need. And Arsenal have showed that they have a top defence. So, and we create chances. So, we just need someone to put the ball in the net. Um, but I do think, as well, Liverpool should strengthen, um, yeah. considering the position that they find them yeah. in, themselves in. Um, and, and and they do have money because I remember the Caicedo deal they were trying to get through the line. There's like 100 million that they yeah. didn't end up getting over yeah. the line. Yeah. They ended up getting Endo for like 20 million. Yeah. So, they do have money. So why not splash the cash while you're on top and you know push six months to, to win a league? Club so, to go for Mbappe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Good the potential there. is there. Yeah, I think both of you made some really interesting points. But Nigel, I just want to ask you, on the quest for a striker at Arsenal, does that striker currently ply his trade in the Premier League? You look at your Solanke's, your Fosters, um, I, I guess think, even Evan Ferguson. I think short term, yes. For now, yeah. I think Solanke is a good shot. I really like him. We always talk about him and, and Morgan Gibbs White. I think Solanke is good. His numbers are good. He's playing well. I think this is his breakthrough season after so many years. But I think if they take one, a player on that level, I think it's it's short term. I think for future, long term, Aussie men, um, those type of, of players, that level of player for future, mm. I think those are the type of players that Arsenal should look out for. Yeah, I agree. I think um, if there is going to be one player in the Premier League who could potentially be that guy, it would be Evan Ferguson from Brighton. Yeah. It could be that 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 um, turnkey, like Declan Rice signing that we go for um, and who's going to really come in and bang the goals for Arsenal. Currently, I don't think we go for a stopgap because, look, we have Eddie and, and I don't think we have the funds. Yeah. So as as bleak as things may seem, Eddie's a good, good second striker. Mm. Jesus is look. You just have to keep faith with him, eh? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And if you look at the strikers, look at uh, like okay, City have Julian Alvarez as a second striker. Chelsea don't have a striker. Liverpool, no, they don't have a striker. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, Liverpool. Okay, besides Salah, who's bringing the goals, they have Nunes, who's a striker. Who's who's a good second striker in the league? And then you look at Eddie and Ketia. Yeah, I like Mateus Cunha at Wolves. I think he just hasn't really found the right club. I, from what I've seen, I, I remember how he started um, impressively. I think there was a fixture against Man United. It really caught the eye. And I think he's been one of those players that have improved under Gary O'Neill. So I'll be looking at him. Maybe he's a hit at Arsenal. But, you know, you even mentioned Liverpool. Why not Liverpool take a gamble on him? Hmm. Yeah. No, there, there's, there's, there needs to be some big change in the top five clubs that will be going for, for the league because I think they separated by five points yeah. mm. from first to, to fourth, fourth. The Champions fourth. League spots, yeah. yeah. So you can see how tight it is. So I think there should be some moves. If not, 
it's going to be a tough running. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll be sure to keep you updated, um, you know, as the transfer unfolds and the Premier League continues. Until next week. Cheers. Shot, guys. Shot, guys. Hi, I'm Mark Fish, and you are listening to Hit the Target Podcast, proudly brought to you by Hollywood Bets. My name is Carol Shabalala, and you are listening to Hit the Target, powered by Hollywood Bets. Hi, football lovers. This is Coach Delinker. You're listening to Hit the Target, powered by Hollywood Bets. Hit the Target Podcast.